When I became a believer uh, in God, and I came to know that God was real and active and moving through the world, that was all God's doing. I didn't believe in God as a young adult, and I was completely disconnected from faith of any kind. I was a decent person. I had great friends who were decent people. Mostly we were upstanding, law-abiding citizens who contributed to society, and we, and we cared for other people. I worked with families that had disabled children, and a lot of my friends were colleagues doing the same kind of work. So we did a lot of good things, and you know, we loved kids, and we wanted them to be uh, successful in their development and in their wellness. Jesus loves the little children, right? Yeah, okay, everyone seems confident about that. That's good, I'm glad. But at that time in my life, I did not have any awareness that any of the work that my friends were doing had anything to do with Jesus. They never talked about Jesus. They didn't mention God. That was not a part of the conversation in a spiritual way or in any way at all. When I did become a believer, I started talking about my experience with God, with finding a church, with going to a church, and then suddenly I discovered that I was connected with a whole bunch of Christians that I didn't know about. Christians shared with me that they were too. And before that, it was radio silence about their faith. And in my ignorance of church life, the very first ministry that I got involved with was evangelism. And Thomas reminds us that evangelism is a bit of an off-putting word for a lot of people. I don't know if it wasn't in Indiana or if it was just that time, but that's what I did. And I did not want people who needed to hear a word, like I had needed to hear a word, to, to get radio silence. I didn't want to be silent. I wanted to be an invitation for people to reconnect or to connect for the very first time with Jesus Christ. And we're continuing our sermon series today about reconnecting. Today we're focusing on reconnecting with God's movement. Let me get this adjusted here. God has a mission in the world and he's already very active in doing that mission. And God wants us to participate in that mission. And Jesus Christ commands us to teach others about his mission in the world through loving others, through sharing him in our living, through being an invitation for all to connect or to reconnect with God's movement. You yourself might be feeling disconnected. I know for a lot of folks who are worshiping at home, you have a disconnect yet because it's just not, we're still in pandemic, we're still in pandemic, and this is harder for whatever reason or excuse you have for disconnecting. Or it might be that you feel very connected, which is great, but do the people who are not your church people know that you're connected with God's movement because they share life with you? Are the people around you aware of your connection with Christ? Let us pray. Holy and loving God, let us look to your word this day. Your word of invitation, your word of calling, your word that tells us that you are moving in the world and that you have created us to do the same. Be with us, God, in our listening and in our thinking and in our doing, that we may be an offering of the Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. I'm going to begin where we, we should always begin, with a word from Scripture, a word for us today out of Ephesians. But God, who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved 
and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. God intended for this to be our way of life. This word reveals some of who God is, a bit of God's nature. We see a character rich in mercy, great love, immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness. Considering who God is is the same thing as considering what God does. In the perfection of God, his being and his doing are the same thing. They are perfectly aligned. There is no disconnect like there is with us humans where what we say and what we do and who we are aren't aligned all the time. Most of the time, there is a disconnect within us. That's human nature. Our story with God looks like this. We are created. Life is breathed into us from God, and we live. The world in which we inhabit and our existence in it is broken. It's marred by the sin that condemns us to lose those lives. But God breaks in to a broken creation and seeks to reconcile us once more to be whole as his children. There's this perfect love that is God's in-breaking into the world and giving us news of new life beyond the mess of the world and the mess of our lives. God's movement seeks to reclaim us and restore us once again to God, the God with us through Jesus Christ who saves us. Even when we have not earned it, and we don't deserve it, and there is absolutely nothing we can do to make that happen on our parts. This is the grace that we always talk about as Methodists. Nothing we do can make this happen. And just last week, I was hearing a pastor from another denomination commenting again about his work in saving souls. And beloveds, no pastor, no Christian, no one other than Jesus Christ can do this for us. The gift of salvation is from God alone. And in the new lives that we have from God, we respond. God creates us to respond with good works. We're made and prepared for a purpose, each and every one of us. And I wonder if I were to ask you, I'm, I'm not going to call any names, but that's really tempting. Do you have a sense of the way of life that God calls you to have? Do you have a sense of what your purpose is for God? Have you experienced ever in your life a need for God, either your own need or a need in the world? Have you witnessed God's action in addressing that need? And then in response, have you offered your own thanksgiving by living purposely through your good works? God's word that we call the Bible reveals this pattern all the time. And it sets an example for us for how we're to reconnect or connect with God's movement that pattern often starts with a worldly need. There is need in the world. You can each fill this space naming what those needs are. Ephesians teaches that we are dead to our trespasses, a huge need that we all suffer from. We are doomed to death because of sin. And over and over again in Scripture, in so many different ways, 
People cry out in their need to be saved, saved from their enemies, saved from disease, saved from death and destruction. And God hears the cries of his people. And God moves. God raises us up out of hopelessness and despair. He pours out his grace and restores us to life, new life, in Jesus Christ. And when we receive that gift, we respond to it. We are transformed in Christ to no longer be conformed to the ways of this world, but instead pour out our response in a thanksgiving that looks a little bit less like us and a little bit more like Jesus. Good works that lift us up and that lift up others too in our doing. This pattern that we have of a worldly need and God's movement and our response, it seems pretty nebulous when we think about it from a theological perspective. We can believe this, but there's not a real boots-on-the-ground connection with it here. But the Bible isn't meant just for believing. The Bible is meant for living. And this pattern is evident in real concrete life situations, situations like drought and famine. We know a little bit about that, drought, living in Texas. But I want to tell you a story from the Bible. That sometime in the Middle Bronze Age, there was a great famine that occurred in countries all around Egypt and eventually in Egypt as well. Causes of the famine have been called to be a, a scorching wind or a drought or climate change. The famine led to a great migration of refugees in search of food. And it also led to a lot of invasions by peoples who were wanting to claim food sources for themselves. And in this time of famine, the people of God cried out for rescue. And God hears the cries of his people. You might be aware of Joseph's family. You might know some stories from Genesis about Joseph. During this great famine, which lasted seven years, the Hebrew man Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt. And so he sent all of his sons from Canaan to Egypt to go get food for the whole family so that the family wouldn't die of starvation. And Genesis 37 to 47 tells the story of how, through a series of unfortunate events, Jacob's son, Joseph, was given visions and the ability to interpret dreams from God. And that gift from God, God moving in his life, landed him in a position over the years, a position of power and provision for such a time as famine for his people so that Joseph was able to provide food and land and work and his family and all his people were able to survive that long famine. And in a situation like this, in drought and famine, and seeing how God is working behind the scenes to make all these connections for survival, we don't have to imagine what we would do next. We don't have to imagine what our response would be in kind, how we would connect in God's movement as Joseph did. Because we already do this stuff. We're already responding in God's movement in a number of ways. Austin Disaster Relief Network it's a team of about 200 churches and thousands of volunteers who bring glory to God by responding in a crisis to provide immediate assistance like emergency housing and transportation and financial assistance. And right now, our ADRN teams are responding to help victims of Hurricane Ida. Women of Vision, they serve in the name of Christ to help children and families caught in the margins of poverty and oppression and our team partners with Refugee Services of Texas to help survivors of trafficking and other displaced persons. 
Their current focus is working to help over 300 Afghan refugees to find a safe place, to make a safe home for themselves as they integrate into Central Texas. Hill Country Community Ministries is an ongoing mission opportunity we're very involved with that offers a thrift store and helps provide food for people struggling in food insecurity. And then Christian Resource Center partners with churches and several different missions to help also with food and clothes, job training and skills. They help families from a pregnancy crisis all the way through infancy and childhood. They help with um, addiction recovery, transitional housing, any number of things as ways that we are connecting with God's movement to meet these worldly needs. And I'm pretty sure a people caught in famine would experience God's movement by connecting with us in these missions of which we're a part. And after this service, as Thomas mentioned, you can stop by the ministry tables in the gathering area to learn about them. An opportunity for you, awesome ways for you to reconnect if you feel like you have been disconnected. To remember how we are meant to be as a people of God, as followers of Jesus. Like this way of life that Jesus leads us into through this gospel word. Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. This is how we're created to be in Jesus Christ for good works. This is to be our way of life. And that might be mission work out in the community for you, or it might be something a little closer to home. That's a conversation between you and God. We used to have a ministry here called SOS, Servants on Standby, but right now that stands for Serving on a Sunday or even Serving on a Saturday. We have a worship on Saturday evenings. We can't make this reconnect opportunity happen in our worship services without help from so many of our brothers and sisters answering the SOS call to do good right here at Bethany, supporting worship in a variety of ways, assisting in a Sunday school class, or even driving the shuttle to help our brothers and sisters to be able to connect in this important way. We have connections out in the gathering area, connectors that can help you talk about answering this SOS call if this is how God is leading you. All of us are called to move as Jesus did and for Jesus. The Gospel of Matthew teaches us that whenever we feed the hungry, whenever we give water to the thirsty, when we clothe the naked or visit the sick or imprisoned, it's as if the person we are helping is Jesus Christ himself. We learn in Matthew, when Jesus talks about the, the story of the king, he answers the people saying, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. When we are serving, we are offering that help to others and that help to Christ. It may be that you need time to discern just what your good works are supposed to be. I am always amazed when I meet someone who has said, oh yeah, since I was a child, I knew what I was called to do, and that's what they've done their whole life. I've, my calling has changed over the years, and I never know where I'm going to be in the next five years. I actually struggled with this, and my mentor, Pastor Georgia Stone, said when she got that wonderful interview question that said, where do you see yourself in five years? Her answer was always, 
hopefully doing God's will. That is a question that I long to get now, and I strive for my answer to be hopefully doing God's will. Seek to do God's will, and you'll be well-connected in God's movement in the world. Get to know God's story in Scripture and pray about how your story connects with it. And ask God as you get to know his story and as you pray through his story and your story, ask what did God do through Jesus? Where is God already at work in the world as we study the Bible? Where is God already at work in the world as we look around us? And what is God calling you to do as a follower of Jesus in the name of Jesus? Be in prayer about this as you study the word and ask, how can you join God in what God is already doing? I invite you to read, read Luke chapter 6 because it offers some really solid answers about God, what God is up to through Jesus and what Jesus is inviting us to be about as well. Teach, heal, pray, bless, love, forgive, give, be merciful, feed the hungry, make disciples of Jesus Christ. It even offers us a caution to not judge and not condemn. Study this. Learn this. Do this. There are so many wonderful ways to be a part of God's movement in the world. And you are not alone in any of this at all. You're not alone in figuring out how you're called to reconnect with God's movement. Starting next week, Pastor Thomas and Kevin Gorley are inviting all of us to learn about joining a Beyond Walls ministry team as an opportunity to do intentional neighborhood outreach and share Christ beyond this campus to our neighbors, living out God's mission in the community through our own lives. And if that sounds overwhelming, well, if it sounds overwhelming, you should talk to Thomas. He's very nice. It's really great to be in ministry with. Okay, I have a better opinion of you maybe. I could be, all right. But if it sounds a little overwhelming, like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to go and, and meet people that I don't know, those strange folks, I encourage you to discover your spiritual gifts and passions in a class that Cecilia and Kelly are leading on Sunday, October the 3rd. It's a great way to learn more about the role that you have to play in God's work in the world. And, and both of those opportunities, the Beyond Walls and the Spiritual Gifts and Passions, you can learn more about them on our website by looking at our discipleship classes. One other way that we connect at Bethany, huge ways that we see the generous Bethany family connecting with God's movement is in provision. This is such a generous congregation. When we see a lack or when we see a scarcity of needful things for our neighbors, we resource with them through mission. And pandemic has made this more challenging to get resources that we need and to connect with the people who are in need of those resources. But we want to invite you to consider picking your own drive challenge. This is an opportunity for you to connect in a really accessible way, but especially to invite others to connect. Talk to your family, your friends, your golf buddies, your social club, whatever that is. Pick a mission and pick an item. Commit for the next five weeks in intentionally buying that item to donate through Bethany to one of the missions that we partner with through our giving and through our serving. Whatever it is you decide to do, any and every opportunity that you have to respond to God's work in the world with your own good works, it should be a joyful blessing that you experience yourself. And I want to offer you a word of encouragement in your efforts from Philippians. 
If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Reconnecting with God's movement means to be enabled by God working in us, working through us, empowering us to serve in his name, and through our serving to tell others, to not forget that part about telling others, so that through our good works they may come to see and know and move with God as well. And I know many of you will be dissatisfied with examples of God's movement in Scripture that I did not share because we only have so much time together. But you'll have your favorite story from God's Word. And you'll also probably have personal stories of God's movement in your lives that you've experienced or that you've witnessed. Acts that have rescued you or spurred you on to respond by reconnecting as well. So tell your stories of how God moved and how God moved you in the world. I'm going to invite my sister Sue Thomas to come up now to, to share how she has been witnessing God's movement through his people here at Bethany. Good morning. Afternoon. Uh, I would like to be the representative of you, the congregation and the body of Christ at Bethany, to offer an act of gratitude to our entire staff at Bethany. Remember 2020? 2021? It's getting slightly better, but it was 2020 was very challenging. When everything shut down in March of last year, a lot of people went home. They didn't work, but not our staff at Bethany, because in our hour of wondering what's happening, I'm scared. What do we do? How do we adapt? What, what, what are the next steps? These folks had only a few days to put into plan, to, into place a plan for meeting our questions and our concerns. And so within just a few days, they came up with a plan for presenting as clergy a message of hope, reassurance, and understanding people's concerns. Plus, people were calling them, starting to call them more and more with these same questions. We also have our wonderful music team that I've been pl 
pleasureful this morning and being able to come to the uh, 845 service and it was like I've been at Bethany almost 40 years. So I remember the old services that we used to have over in the old sanctuary where we sang wonderful hymns and I got to experience those this morning at the 845 service. And I came to the 5 o'clock yesterday, and everything is very unique about every service here. But I found my groove back at 11.15 today, because this is the swaying service. <laughs> you can sing and sway at 11.15. Uh, and our music teams provide us with great, great music and hymns and lifts us up and did this all during the pandemic, or the old pandemic, the first pandemic. Uh, we also are very grateful to our IT team. They took us to places we didn't know that we were, could go or would go. If you're like me in 2018, 2019, when I heard the word Zoom, it was with kids playing cars, racing cars. We all have a new appreciation of the word Zoom and what that has meant to our life and how it has meant that we could connect with our Bethany family during the pandemic. Uh, and while we were sitting at home drinking a cup of coffee in our jammies watching worship, these people all sacrificed and came to the church worship service and gave their all for all of us. Um, during all that time, the facilities and uh, building maintenance folks kept the lights on, kept the air conditioning on if it was needed, or the heat on if it was needed. Um, and during the great flood, catastrophes over in the fellowship hall in 2021 they used the time and resources that they were able to garner during that time to make many many improvements here in this uh, campus so we are grateful to them we couldn't have kept the lights on and things working without the support staff that answers the phone i embarrassed patty very much this morning and i'll do it again i told her when when uh, she answered the phone I'm a visual person, and so I always wondered if Patty was sitting at her kitchen table or if she was in her car or at the grocery store answering our call. But they always kept things going, and that's very important for what is going on here at Bethany. Uh, our, food, our food, Liz had challenges with the food preparation once the fellowship hall flooded and she didn't have a kitchen. She can cook anywhere, anytime, anything now, so we are in turn entirely grateful to them. All of our other support staff kept children in worship, youth in worship, uh, the other resource groups that we have going here at Bethany. So I would just like for you to lift them up. And as you can see, Reconnect started the second or third week of March of last year. Our staff, our entire staff here reconnected us beginning at that point. And for that, we are eternally grateful. And so lift up your hands to all of them. Thank you. You can stay standing because we're going to sing in a minute. If you need to sit and take a break, that's fine too. We're going to pray. <laughs> Holy and loving God, we are so grateful that uh, no matter how we are daunted, no matter what our situation or circumstance, you were ever faithful to us, pouring out your energy and the courage we need and the strength that we need to press on, to persevere in this great journey that we are on together in Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.